0: Hello guys and welcome to the first episode of the No Look Pass podcast. I'm your host Cole Thomas and obviously this first episode we got going here, um, the main focuses of the show are going to be the NBA and NFL, football and basketball, really just getting after it, breaking down those two sports. Um, we're going to might touch on some other sports, other things just going on, but for the most part you're going to be getting NBA and NFL content here on the show. Um, right now it's just me, but in the future I might be looking to potentially have some of my boys back home. Uh, come on the show and give them some of their insight. Um, I know myself and all my buddies, we love talking sports. We could talk about sports all day. It's what I'm passionate about. So as long as I'm enjoying it and having a good time, uh, I'm going to be making content. Um, That's kind of just my goal. Don't have a whole lot of expectations, but as long as it's it's being fulfilling, it's being fun, I'm going to keep going with it. So starting off with the NBA, uh, you know, we've had a little bit going on here with the All Star weekend coming up. Uh, the starters and reserves have just been announced for the All Star team for both the East and the West. Um, my boy Dame here in Portland, Oregon, man, he got snubbed from the starting lineup. But you know, Luke is a baller too. He he wasn't shooting too well from three at the beginning of the year, but it seems like he's starting to heat up a bit. Um, there's also a lot of uh, some pretty substantial um, people getting. St- snubbed from the uh the all-star team completely Uh, i know d book i don't know i'm gonna get into that a little bit but d book didn't make it over in the west um there's some other stuff going on in the nfl we got carson wentz getting traded to the colts uh for i I believe a third round pick and a conditional second rounder so um i got a little bit of insight on that but let's let's start off with the nba um you know the Lakers were looking like they were going to run away with the championship to start the year, but since Anthony Davis has gotten hurt, you know LeBron's having to get a little bit extra weight on his shoulders, a little more wear and tear. Uh, you know, man, he's got a lot. He's got a lot of miles on those legs, so I would be careful. Um, you know, playing him that many minutes, you don't want to burn him out. You know, obviously the Lakers they're good enough even without AD to make the playoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you need to have LeBron playing 43 minutes a game to, you know, maintain the record and pace that you're on right now, then I don't think it's worth it. Playing 35, 36, 37 minutes a game, um, you might lose a couple more than you want to. But you know, keep them healthy until Anthony Davis can return and save them up for the playoffs. You know, not necessarily load management like the Spurs with Popovich and Tim Duncan and Manu and Tony Parker did back in the day, where they're just benching. Uh, you know, on a Tuesday night game in Milwaukee before they had Giannis you know none of that but um you know there's no in my opinion there's no reason why LeBron needs to be playing 45 minutes a night uh so the Lakers you know down AD um you know things in the west they're always competitive I know my Blazers are are down CJ McCollum and Nurkic for a while and I think CJ's coming back here in a couple weeks I'm not sure if they're gonna end up trading them or what but um yeah, it's going to be a brawl out West. The East is starting to get a little crazy too. The Wizards are starting to heat up a bit. Um, yeah, so let's just get into the All-Star teams a bit. Looking at the West, um, you know, congratulations to Zion Williamson for making his first All-Star appearance. My man has been straight balling out this year. Um, last time I checked, he was, he was putting up 25-7 and 7 on damn near 62% shooting from the field. So, uh, you know, people could say you know, all his points are coming in the paint, all he's doing is dunking, but I think you got to realize, like, not all not all 25 of those points are coming from lobs, right? Like, he's not a run, jump, dunk center. Um, you know, he's 6'5", 285 pounds, he's bulldozing people out of the way and exploding off two feet to dunk and get the those contact lands he's been getting, you know, he, just, he can just straight overpower people down in the paint, so, um... I think I got you gotta give credit where credit's due. You know, a lot of people are uh they've been pushing for D book to make it over Zion, but I, I think Zion's hype is actually making him a bit underrated now, you know. Um, you know, we we have seen that with other players in the past where they get so hyped up, um, you know, once that hype fades away they almost become underrated. So um but the spotlight kind of shifting over to the little mellow ball a little bit more and says Zion, um I think people are kind of forgetting that he is living up to the expectation that we had. You know, a lot of people are making comparisons to LeBron. Um, you know, he was like basically like the, the, you know, the best high school player since LeBron. Everyone's talking about how he's going to be going number one in the NBA draft, like after his junior year of high school. You know, he's dunking on a bunch of five four white church kids. So, um, you know, anytime you need some comic relief, I recommend pulling up Zion's high school highlights because he was absolutely baptizing those little white boys. Um, anyways, he deserves to be on the team. If anyone should have not made the team in the West over Devin Booker, I think it should have been his teammate, Chris Paul, who, mind you, he is a baller. He's been straight buckets everywhere he's gone in his career. They've gone better. You know, I think he's kind of gotten labeled, kind of labeled as a choker from when he was on the Clippers. But I mean, you just look at it. Um. Last year with OKC, he got traded there, and everyone was expecting that team to be one of the worst teams in the league, picking them the lottery. Um, I remember before the season even started, people are anticipating him to get traded down to Miami and team him up with Jimmy Butler and the guys. So, um, you know, but obviously OKC did very well. I think I believe they were maybe the five or six seed out west, which is you know nothing to be messed with. That's a very good team, and if they're out east, they'd probably be a top four, four or five seed. Um, anyways, I still think Devin Booker could have made it over Chris Paul. You know, Devin Booker is putting up a ridiculous amount of points on very good efficiency. Um, You know, Chris Paul, the numbers don't necessarily back it up uh, and they don't necessarily tell the whole story with him. I know that he's very much so a culture guy, very much so there to make his teammates better. But, uh, you know, when it it comes to all-star teams, I think you have to look at scoring. You know, same thing with Bradley Beal last year. My man was averaging 30 points and he didn't make it. and I, I know you have to value winning, but the Suns are doing well, so it's just it, it it's interesting to me that Devin Booker's getting snubbed again, you know, after his performance on the NBA bubble down in the uh the uh, the Mickey Mouse bubble in Orlando at Disney World, you know, he he put the team on his back and led the Suns to you know an eight zero record. They were the best team, hottest team in the bubble, um, damn near made it into the playoffs. And I remember he hit one of the nastiest game winners I've seen, nice little fadeaway jumper over I believe Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Just you know, I I love to see that as a guy who doesn't not the biggest Clipper fan. I feel like they're every every team they put together just seems to have a you know just seems like they're entitled and um you know they 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 kind of put the the label on themselves before they actually do anything it's a lot more talk than walk for them so it felt good to see him hit that game winner over the Clippers and um you know I don't I don't think he's gonna be getting cut from all-star teams for long I don't think that's gonna be a theme throughout his career I think he's you know I hopefully he can make this jump uh you know, use this to motivate him and maybe he'll he'll potentially have a really good season the rest of the way and carry that into next year. And I, I guarantee he'll be a reserve on the All-Star team next year, especially if the Suns keep winning. And um, I, I'm not entirely sure how many years Chris Paul still has on that contract. It, uh, I believe he signed a three-year deal when he was in Houston, so he might be a free agent after this year. So, um I doubt the Suns would try to retain him because he's probably going to want a bag, um, but maybe they could get some sort of sign-and-trade thing going on with a contender and kind of rebuild a team around Devin Booker, even if Chris Paul departs next year. Um, looking at the East, Zach Levine made his first All-Star team. He's been an absolute bucket. He's damn near shooting 50-40-90, I'm pretty sure, um, which is just absolutely ridiculous. The team in Chicago around him is, is pretty terrible, but... You know, I think one of the things with Zach Levine is always, everyone's known he's an athletic freak. Seen him in the dunk contest. We've seen him, you know, coming off the ACL injury. He's still been an amazing player. Um, but I think it, the the main question that people had with him was, um, does that athleticism, does that talent, does that scoring, does that contribute to winning? And uh, I think you can say the both, for him and Julius Randle, both first-time All-Stars. That that was kind of a a topic of conversation surrounding both of those guys' careers. And um, I think they've both shown that uh, it it can't contribute to winning basketball. You know, I don't think the Bulls are bad because of Zach Levine. You know, he's been very efficient. Um, I think they just need to surround him with some better talent. Or, you know, if he gets traded to a contender, I think he would be. He could potentially be a very good um third option on a championship team, in my opinion. Potentially, if if you have a super superstar leading your team, he could potentially even be a second option if you had some other good role players. Um. You know, Julius Randle, same thing. He's got – he's first-time All-Star, so congratulations to him. And the Knicks are having one of their best seasons since, you know, uh, the the old uh, Carmelo Anthony, Jeremy Lin, Amari Stoudemire, Jr. Smith days. So that's good to see. Uh, you know, the Knicks, Knicks being good is good for the NBA. It's good for basketball. You know, uh, any time that a team in New York in one of those giant markets can be good, it, it's good um, for the sport, no matter what sport it is. Um You know, it's just, it's interesting to see the weight that a New York team can pull. Because I feel like when the Lakers and Celtics are good, it's obviously good for the NBA. Um, But even last year with the the Lakers being in the finals, and granted, it was kind of a weird situation. There was no fans. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, But in my opinion, I feel like that would make it so people even want to watch the the finals even more because a lot of people are stuck at home with nothing to do. But you know, the the NBA ratings were down and that was with the Lakers in the finals. And I can only imagine if the Knicks the, the Knicks, in my opinion, they're not quite on the level of the Dallas Cowboys, but it, they're in that same conversation of like if that team was good, they could carry their entire league. Um, it just comes down to branding, you know, New York Knicks is such such a huge name and you know, the the Lakers are The Lakers are in that conversation, too. I just think when it comes to basketball, you know, New York is like the heart of basketball. And I don't know if that's necessarily true for L.A. Um, You know, look at look at the Dallas Cowboys. Texas is football. Um, So it makes sense that, you know, Dallas being a big city in Texas, when their brand's good, it's good for the entire sport. Um, So I guess we could transfer into uh, the NFL. We got Carson Wentz going to the Colts. if Carson Wentz can just be a fraction of what he was back in the day in 2017 when he was, you know, he was a couple games away from winning that league MVP and then fortunately tore his knee up. Tom Brady took that MVP from him. Um, you know, Tom Brady had one healthy year, but Carson Wentz was leading that team, uh, doing very well. Um, and then obviously, it, the. Carson Wentz has just just had a very confusing up and down career up in Philly, you know. He everything about his career has been a little bit unorthodox, you know. He went to North, North Dakota State, obviously not, you know, a Power 5 school um coming out of the FCS. Uh but I think he lived up to the hype. He, he has almost Justin Herbert qualities. Justin Herbert, you know, go Ducks. Um he he has just intangibles and physical qualities that you'll love to see, Um, you know, he's a leader, crazy arm, great athlete, and I think you saw, and you know, he just had one of the best rookie seasons of all time for a quarterback in the NFL, so, you know, I think Carson was on a path to he, he was doing that as well. He was one of the most talented young players in the league. He had an absolute cannon for an arm. He was mobile, and they were winning games up in Philly. Um, unfortunately, that year he was going to win MVP, hurt his knee. And then I believe it was the following year, um, you know, they make it to the playoffs. They're a high seed, and he gets injured. And Nick Foles leads the team to win the Super Bowl. And it kind of diminishes what Carson was doing because when you're backup, can have just as much success as you have, especially at the biggest stage in the National Football League playoffs and the Super Bowl, raising up that Lombardi trophy, it it kinda diminishes what you were doing because it look you know, it makes it seem more like, hey, the team around him was helping him more than anything, you know. If our backup can win the Super Bowl and lead this team to raising the Lombardi, then, you know, uh, then what our starter is doing must not be that special. So I think that created some tension. And from what I can tell, Carson isn't a guy who likes, you know, adversity. He's not someone who – or not necessarily adversity because obviously to be a great athlete, you have to overcome adversity. But maybe some more of that – some of the other drama pertaining to, you know, do people respect him? What light do people view him in? Um, you know, I think that got amplified when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round as well. Um Because the funny thing with second-round quarterbacks, and I I think you see this with Drew Locke too, is they're not drafted in the first round, but it's almost as if they have first-round expectations, right? Um, I think if Drew Locke was drafted in the fourth round, the Broncos would have no question. They're moving on from him. But since you took him in the second round, you know – it's almost like you're giving up a first round pick uh, and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, look at Blake Bortles. He was drafted in the first round and Jaguars just kept getting him chance every chance. Or a, a better example, that's Mitch Trubisky. If Mitch Trubisky was drafted in the fourth round, his performance on the field, he would have been cut, you know, or benched a long time ago. Um, but since you give him a high draft pick and you va- evaluate him at a very high, uh, you know, dra- draft level, um, you view him in kind of a different light and you kind of just continue to give him the benefit of doubt, even though it's probably time to move on. Um, so drafting Jalen hurts that high, just adds a lot of animosity and pressure that I don't think is providing your starting quarterback Carson Wentz with an environment that he needs to succeed. So, um, chipping him off the Indy, you know, hopefully there'll be a good reset for him. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure what the contract situation is with Jacoby Brissett. Um, obviously, Phillip Rivers is retired. I believe Jacoby Brissett is. I think he signed a two-year deal, so he may be a free agent now. Um, so, uh, but he, obviously, the the fans of Indy are not going to be pushing for Jacoby Brissett to be taking over the starting gig over Carson Wentz, unless Carson is doing horrible. Um, so there's a lot less pressure there. And if man, that this Colts team is just absolutely stacked. Um, their defense is phenomenal. They could maybe use another pass rusher, but their linebackers are good. Good secondary. Their offense is great. Probably the best offensive line in football. They got Jonathan Taylor, who's just been an absolute beast, especially the second half of the year. Um, you know, I think he would have came off to a hotter start without talented he is but uh you know not having training camp having a shortened off season you know that that can take a bit of a toll and take a you know take a a bit of a time for a rookie to get adjusted to the nfl so he's jonathan taylor jt's been looking great um they also have their other running back who was injured first week of the uh first week of the year um they got Heinz, they got, you know, they just have a good backfield. And with that O-line, the running game is going to be good. They got guys who can run, uh, you know, down the middle. They got guys who can punch it outside. They got guys who can catch passes. So I think if Carson can just, he doesn't even have to be a superstar. If he's just a game manager, with that running game and the offensive line, um, if you can just turn Carson Wentz into a competent play action and third down passer, um, I think you're going to have a lot of success, especially with that defense. So I like Michael Pittman Jr., um, at wide receiver out of USC. He had a great rookie year. He's big, physical as hell. Um, He's got a YouTube channel that I really like watching as well. So he just seems like a dope dude. Colts, uh, you know, it's actually funny with him. Carson Wentz asked if he could have uh, Michael Pittman's number. (laughs) Michael Pittman said no. So honestly, I'm rocking with that. Carson Wentz... I mean, we you just got traded for like a third round pick, dog. So, um, I think Michael Pittman, he, he earned my respect sticking up for himself and keeping his number. But I think they got a pretty good wide receiver core. They got some young speedsters as well. Um, I think for their needs, they could probably use another edge rusher. You know, you can never have enough edge rushers is one of the most important positions in the National Football League. If the n- number one position in football is obviously quarterback, um, the guy who can disrupt and destroy the other team's quarterback is probably going to be the second most valuable player on the field, um, especially in a passing league where people are constantly drafting back, um, you know, being able to, to be in being able to get into the pocket and disrupt the quarterback is a lot more important today than being able to stuff the run. So um, it's great to have that. I'd like to see them add another player like that. Uh, they could probably use another tight end as well. Um, you know, just add another weapon on that offense. Maybe, uh, you know, a, a tight end who can add to the run blocking. Um, you know, kept maybe speedy physical tight ends like a George Kittle type that, you know, can Isn't afraid to pancake some guys, but can also, you know, catch it down the seam and take it to the house. So, man, I think this team is, I think they're destined to get at least 12 wins, man. Especially with their division, you know, you got Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. You know, it's not official, but Jaguars would be out of their mind not to take Trevor Lawrence with that first overall pick. Especially when you have a first year head coach. trying to build something, Trevor Lawrence gives you the best chance to do that. So Jaguars are going to have a rookie head coach. Um, Granted, it's Urban Meyer, um, one of the best college football coaches of all time. But, you know, the NFL is different. Nick Saban didn't have success when he went to the Miami Dolphins. So um, Urban Meyer, rookie head coach, Trevor Lawrence, rookie QB. Um, You get them for two games a year as the Colts. Uh, you're also going to have Houston, who's a complete mess. Everyone's bailing on that franchise after they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. J.J. Watt just got released. He wanted out. Deshaun Watson's not happy. He wants to get traded. Um, so there you go. There's four automatic wins this uh, next season. So um, if they can just go eight and four with their, the the rest of their division, or uh, excuse me, I guess there's six, six division games total. So... Um, Tennessee will be tough. Uh, You know, Derrick Henry's going to be hard to stop. But um, the thing with Derrick Henry is if you can control the time of ball, uh, you keep Derrick Henry off the field. And he he makes his most damage in the second half because he just bruises and wears down, uh, you know, your defense. So... If you can keep them off the field, you're going to do a good job of trying to stop the Titans. And so I think I think this team's just going to be, I think they're going to be a 12-13 win team. I don't know what the visions are playing for their out-of-conference games um, or out-of-division games, but it should be good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's all I had. Um, I'm going to try to upload upload episodes once a week, um, you know, and. You know, this first episode was unscripted, straight straight off the top of the head. So uh, probably could have been a little bit more focused. But, you know, this is the first one, a little practice run. Um, I'm looking forward to this. You know, I love sports, passionate. And I can't wait to talk more uh, sports with you guys. So I'll see you all next week.